Hello, and welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today we're making a playlist for staying cool in a tour van with mm-hmm. Tony Thaxton. Hello. 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 Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing it. My pleasure. Um, so... How? Why did you pick this one, or did I pick it? How did we pick this one? Uh, you threw it out as a suggestion for me, and I thought that seems like one I can identify with because mm-hmm. I've done plenty of that. And uh, actually, just recently, w- did a. Uh, I am currently playing in a band with my wife in a oh. band called Tiny Stills, and we just did a very uh, short run at the beginning of June when her new record came out, and uh, we it was just West Coast stuff. We. Uh, you know, we did an LA date, but then we did like Phoenix and Vegas as well. And Oof. immediately leaving, uh, the air conditioning in the van stopped working. Oh, so those are God. great places to go. That's when... those. It's like playing on the sun. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I might as well have been walking on the sun. Hey, is that on there? It's <laughs> <laughs> just that song five times. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so you're gonna be surprised by this next pick. <laughs> um, yeah, I most of my touring was done with comedy with with um. Uh, improv. Uh-huh. Um, so it would be like eight people in a van uh, going from some big theater to a bar mitzvah. Like the, uh-huh. the, the style of uh, a show is really ranged pretty yeah. far from like, right. wow, look at us. We're really doing it to, oh, God, this is hardly a, hardly counts as work except for getting paid. Yeah. That sounds like a, uh, a rock band tour except the mm-hmm. getting paid part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're. You're lucky to, you're lucky to, you know, you, half the time you're just hoping maybe we'll sell a record and then, uh-huh. you know, get a few bucks out of this. But a lot of times, yeah, you're just, see what happens. Yeah. yeah. When I was in high school and college, uh, I would also, well, mostly in college, would have people, uh, touring bands stay with us a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being like, they are too excited that we have two couches. This. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> Oh yeah, I uh, I've I've slept on so many couches and floors, and I also can remember many many times of uh, you know someone offered to let us stay with them. I walk in the house and immediately go, I think I'm gonna sleep in the van tonight. <laughs> that is the better choice. Uh-huh. The more the luxury choice is the van. Yep. Yeah, yeah. One time a band oh that I I really liked they were I believe they were touring as the God Rays then they'd also been Small Factory. Um, our cat peed on their um, uh, uh, sleeping bags. Yep. And so I was mortified and washed the sleeping bags and followed them to the next town to drop them off. And be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. I don't know. She doesn't do that normally. Yeah. You are a nice person. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was. I mean, if it hadn't been a band I liked, who knows? Right. I might have just been like, good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happened... Uh, I wasn't on tour necessarily, but when, so I used to play in a band called Motion City Soundtrack, mm-hmm. and when I kind of first joined that band, uh, I was living in Richmond, Virginia, hey, which you know well, yeah. uh, but the majority of the band was based in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. so I was uh, going out there for like rehearsals and tour and everything, and you know, being so broke wow. back then, I would basically stay there between tours, but we were touring so much that like between tours would be like maybe a week sometimes so i would just stay in minneapolis and uh for my first like extended stay there uh our guitarist had a big like walk-in closet that i just <laughs> literally slept in his closet mm-hmm. and uh yeah same thing uh i think like within the first couple of days uh his cat got in there and, and peed <laughs> oh, on all no. my stuff and, yeah so how did you end up in a band in a different city uh that was because my old band in, in Richmond, I used, I played in a band called Submerge for mm-hmm. a while, and we did some really small tours. Like back in 2000, we started touring a bit, and uh, we played a show in Milton, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. with the then lineup of Motion City Soundtrack, a very early lineup, and it was their first tour they ever did, and it was like our second tour, I think. And so we played a show together. Long story short, some months pass. Their drummer ends up leaving the band. My band broke up. So yeah. you're available. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the 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 Ringo story. Yes, it was similar. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> the longer timeline. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. 
and oh. e- equal success. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, wow. Uh, well, do you want to get into this playlist? Sure. I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All right, all right, okay. all right. Um, so the first, I, I put the first song on. Let me open it. Um, I'm never sure if I should, if it's m- more pressure to start to, to give the first song to the guest or to take it myself. But It's your show. You do what you want. Well, so um, for the first song, Staying Cool in a tour van, mm-hmm. it's an odd choice. And it strangely feels summery to me. It's Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bengals. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Because I feel like when I'm trying to trick myself into feeling cooler than I am, uh-huh. put me in a wintry right, state right, of mind. Right. I don't remember this intro. I know. Me neither. <laughs> when I'm hearing some of this, this I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't even remember this part. I just remember it rocking. Oh, it's gonna rock, yeah. Tony. Don't worry. Oh, I'm not worried. It'll get there. There we go. Right? So, my experience of being in the van was a lot of like people trying to take control of the of the music of the mm-hmm. the stereo, and you'd have to have stuff that was good enough that people were like, okay, fine, you can keep playing. You, yeah. can pl- you can play another song. Um, otherwise, someone would take it over and play their own stuff. And so I feel like this is a song that everybody's going to like this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And who doesn't like the Bangles? Right. I feel like there, 80s music in general, not, not always, but I feel like there's a pretty strong uh, possibility that it's going to go over fairly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's something about... Like, am, am I crazy? I feel like there's just something about 80s music that uh, uh, it tends to put people in a in a happy mood. Yeah. I mean, it's a great decade for pop. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do your first choice? Uh, yeah, sure. I uh, I feel like this kind of has a, a very personal mm. connection for me. Uh, Perfect. I, I picked a song called First Day Back by Braid. I don't know how much you want to play it, but uh, for, for me, I, I feel like in a way I'm a terrible guest for your show because, uh, well, many reasons, countless reasons. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, but I feel like I, even though I have uh, played music pretty much my whole life and it's been a very important thing in my life, I, I think I, I look at music differently than a lot of people do and I... I um, and in fact, I actually just had this conversation with my wife the other day of, I told her, it's like, you know how people like talk about summer songs? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this playlist kind of fits into that. I was like, I don't really understand what that is. I feel like I, I almost only put music, I mean, the, this is really simplifying it, but it's like, it's either like, kind of like a happy song to me, or it's kind of like a sad song. And there's... And I'm not like a lyric guy at all. Like mm-hmm. it's all about like the just the music and the melody and all that. And um, so like uh, when when trying to put this playlist together, I literally was just sort of like summary. It's like happy and 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 so like I just picked things that I I think of that way. And then this band and this song. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands ever and from one of my favorite records ever. And uh, when I first started touring with uh, my old band Submerge, mm-hmm. um, I can remember being uh, hot and miserable. Because <laughs> um, a similar thing to the recent tour I did where I remember we were doing our first tour ever and we just had a minivan and the four mm-hmm. of us. And... Um, once we got to Florida, that's when our AC stopped. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you wouldn't know if it stopped in Vermont, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was July also. <laughs> oh, good. I, Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I just, I do have a memory of, I loved this record so much. And I can remember like being just tired and miserable in the van. And I would like lay down, try to sleep. And then one of the other guys would put this record on and it would always kind of just like liven me up 
and then I'd, I'd be like, nope, I, I can't sleep right now. I'm just going to listen to this record and air drum. And um, yeah, and I'm not, <laughs> even though I'm a drummer, not usually a big air drum guy, but like oh, I yeah. can't resist it with this record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, do you think you feel it cheap, cheapens the art? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just. Uh, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I don't think I'd heard of Braid before before you put this on here. Yeah, they were. Um, well, like, I don't mean this as a, a dig on them, but like every other band, they've gotten back together recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, they were like late '90s band out of Chicago. Um, yeah, I was super, super into that band. Um, and then, if I can brag a little, do bit, it. Uh, kind of over the years, weirdly ended up befriending a lot of them. You ever did you do the band Hey Mercedes at all? Did mm-hmm. you ever remember that band? Okay, so most of them went on to be in that band. But, anyways, uh, so I was I was a fan of both of those bands a lot. Befriended them through touring and all that, and then um, in 2013, uh, I had left Motion City for a little while for like mental health reasons and the road destroying me for a while. Uh, and I was like, I need to be done touring for a bit. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped and uh, about, I don't know, four or five months after I left, I think it was, uh, I randomly get a message one day from Damon, who is the drummer of Braid, uh, asking if I had a moment to talk. And uh, the reason was because they had a... UK, uh, short UK tour coming up where they were p- going to be playing it was the 15th anniversary of that record Frame and Canvas and he could not do the tour and asked me if I could play for him Did you? Yeah. Wow. I was like I can't not, I know I, I said mean, I'm right? done touring but like I can't not do that Yeah. and it was just five dates and I was like that's nice and short and this is like my favorite band my favorite drummer personally asked me to fill in for him Yeah, I can't UK. not do that yeah, yeah that's really fun so, yeah I have to share that story anytime <laughs> I can. even if people haven't heard of Braid I'm like but check this out <laughs> <laughs> they took me overseas yeah. um, very cool yeah I, well I, as far as like what is a summer song I mean I I think that it's for me um it's it, something that can that uh, that's evocative of like the wind blowing through your hair while the window's down uh-huh. when you're driving which is mostly yeah uh, a happy upbeat song. Yeah, I don't think there are that I would there are many songs that I would think of as like summer songs that are slow and sad although I've definitely been slow and sad in summer. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's a genre someone <laughs> needs to explore, or I need to explore more. Um, the, my next song is, oh, oh no, I'm off, I'm offline. How am I going <sighs> to? I got it. Okay. My next song is um, by a band called Tilt, uh, and it's called Berkeley Pier. Off of Till It Kills. Tilt is a name that I have heard forever, but I'm not really familiar with. Um, they were from uh, they're from California. The lead singer is Cinder Block. They were like early '90s. They supported Green Day on their first tour, or, or on like the Dookie tour. Uh-huh. Um, and so yeah, very. They're they're a punk band, but she's she sings like a musical theater girl which yeah. I always really enjoyed that juxtaposition because right. I'm like yeah why not belt the fuck out of these songs they mm-hmm. don't have to be yelled and if you belt the fuck out of them you don't have to explain what they're about before they start which <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> always frustrated me with punk music because I was like you put all that time into the lyrics yeah, yeah we should get to hear them mm-hmm. there's some great lyrics in there but you don't know and, and they would have to just before they start the song be like okay this song is about the way that the government is treating Immigrants. Okay, what did they vote? I'm like, well, well, I should have been able to get that from the song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she really wails on them, and the, I love this whole album. Um, but in this song is kind of a, a slower groove to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's that like kind of waltzy feeling. Um, yeah, and I just like it a lot. And hey, well, you you that's kind of like your. My personal juxtaposition that you love the like kind of Broadway meets <laughs> it's, punk. Kinda. Yeah, it's one of them. And definitely yeah. when I when I was younger, um, 
I used to have a radio station, a radio show on a on our college station where I mostly played hardcore and show tunes, with a couple novelty songs mixed in there. Nice. And um, looking back, I'm like, who was that for? <laughs> right. Who, if you liked one of the songs, when the next one came on, you'd be like, no, this is not at all what I'm interested in. Yeah, you know who I think that could have been for, and I don't think you've had him on the show, John Ross Bowie. Oh yeah, he, he we we've scheduled him a couple times. Yeah. We both got wacky uh, um, uh, schedules. Yeah, but yeah, because that, yeah, that's he a good always call. has fascinated me with that because it's I I didn't know well, I knew from because I'm a huge Never Not Funny fan mm-hmm. and always hearing him on that show I got so used to hearing him talk about Broadway tunes and and uh, Broadway tunes. Yeah, that's always <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it came out and it sounded wrong. Oh no, yeah. Um, and then uh, I think it was. Jonah Ray then one day said something to me about John Ross Bowie had done Jonah Radio and started talking about uh, being on when he got married and going on his honeymoon and listening to Motion City a bunch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? That guy, the Broadway lover guy? Mm -hmm. Like also, and yeah, so he's the same. Yeah, I mean, to me, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. To me, there's a lot of cross sections (laughs) of, you know, there's there's a lot of melodrama in both. There's a lot of like big emotions and and taking your own feelings very seriously Mm -hmm. um, while being melodic. And, 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 you know, there's, especially with pop punk, that you got catchy tunes in there. So why yeah. not? But not a lot of people who listen to my radio show agreed with me. Right. <laughs> they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I assume you were you doing both in high school? Were you like doing musicals and then also playing in bands? Oh, no, no, no. No? No, I was never. I, I wasn't in a band until college. Okay. Um, my my sister is a, uh, is a Broadway person. So uh-huh. I grew up with all of that, definitely that influence. And I did a lot of musicals. But also she was the singer in the house. So I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of confidence in that um, or support in that um, until I grew up and got out of it. And I think that's also part of why punk and hardcore was important to me because it wasn't who was the best singer, like technically it was who wants to, who wants to do it. Yeah. You know, although when I started playing in bands, I just wanted to be a drummer and Mm -hmm. no one ever let me do it (laughs) until I finally started a band in my 20s and it was with a bunch of girls and none of them wanted to play drums so I was like you mean I get to do it (laughs) I get to play drums finally so that was very exciting to me yeah it's uh that's great that you wanted to because I feel like yeah that's usually the stories that nobody wants everybody wants to play guitar what that's so much harder your fingers hurt I know and you don't look cool. Do- well, I guess you look cool doing it if you're good at it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get to sit down. Yeah, I know. I know that is that is a plus. Is uh, yeah. sitting down the whole time. I mean, come on. And and as far as my early influences, I do not even know who played guitar for uh, the electric um, for uh, the electric mayhem band. Was it Floyd? Maybe Floyd played bass. Janice was on guitar. Janice. Well, great. <laughs> I mean, I knew her for the hat and the hair, not the guitar work. Animal, you knew what he played, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you knew he was good at it. Yeah. So yeah, I was. I was always a uh, that. That was my my dream. Yeah. So that was supposedly the. Uh, you know, who knows if it's actually true, but the the story was that. Uh, the monkeys when that was being thrown together mm-hmm. uh, that you it was know, being somebody, constructed exactly. by a corporation yes. or I don't know corporation but they but. So one of them had to be the drummer and mm-hmm. apparently as they were talking about it they it came up and you know supposedly the uh, other three that weren't Mickey took a step back <laughs> And he was still standing there, and they're like, um, all right, you're the drummer. That sounds so. like the way Mickey Dolenz has made a lot of choices in his life. <laughs> like, huh, what? Okay. Uh, there used to be this live piano karaoke night in Hollywood for like a year or so uh-huh. that um, my friends were the pianists for, the accompanists for, and so I would go to it a lot, and it became this like exclusive thing where I was famous people there, and Mickey Dolenz always came. Uh-huh. And so I think two or three times I have seen him sing Oh, darling, while explaining that he was there for the taping of it, for the original recording of it, uh-huh. and he was in the studio, and so he just has to do So that's that's Mickey Dolan's karaoke jam. Interesting. Yeah, Oh, darling. Wow. Mm-hmm. That would be, uh, oh, man, I would have lost my mind to see that. I know. Well, I, I did. Was, I was yeah. like, ah, are we all? Come on. <laughs> this is a weird thing. It's a very weird thing, but that's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, and that's the best part of L.A., is yeah. the truly weird things mm-hmm. that you get to see. Yeah. When I moved to New York when I was younger, 
I was like, oh, this is great. So much weird stuff. And then the weird stuff sort of died out. And I started visiting in L.A. And I was like, this is where it is now. Mm-hmm. This is where people are still skateboarding with keytars and wigs on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, I have very, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, the closest I've ever come to living in New York was recording a record there for a few months. Um, but I've, you know, been for, through touring and everything. I've been to New York a ton. And I feel like, yeah, I've witnessed a lot less stuff like that than I have in L.A. Yeah. And, it's, uh, it's here. Yeah. I, it, yeah. We got really... Angeline. <laughs> right? I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I really can't even, I'm trying to like off the top of my head think of like moments like that I've witnessed in New York and I really, I can't really think of any. Yeah. Yeah. Because it moved here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Want to do your next song? Uh, yeah. Let's see here. My next one that I picked was... Uh, Ben Folds 5, Underground. Mm. In school. Oh, yeah, weird intro. I'm but, sure you know. Yeah, so many weird intros that we don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I do remember. I just, yeah. Uh, but I do, I love the intro, though, at the same time, because uh, I love, to I love circles, a band where everybody sings. And this is like a rare moment. They each Hand take lines at the beginning, and it's back and forth, and then the harmonies. And uh, and then just when it kicks in, again, just makes me happy. We can be happy underground. And then it gets fun. And then it's a little almost yeah. the Broadway kind of, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little moving on, moving right along. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> yes, keeping it Muppet related. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's how I process the world. I understand and I identify well. I just went to the uh, the Skirball yesterday for the Jim Henson exhibit. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. I haven't gotten to go, but I keep seeing photos of it. It's pretty great. Yeah, Make, made me feel real good. Yeah, yeah. How did you start playing? Uh, my dad plays drums, mm. so I just um, kind of grew up around it. Um, he never really taught me stuff i just kind of picked up on it i think throughout the years and like i always had like a little a little kid drum set that you know started out with me just hitting it and then i think over time it just kind of started making sense and just the hitting turned into beats slowly and um yeah we just start playing along to to records and uh just kind of figured it out over the years. So you always had a kit. You never had the just a snare drum thing that most kids have to start with. No. See, that's the thing. Yeah. When people, every so many kids I know, like wanted to play drums, and then you go to your band teacher, and they're like, "Okay, here's the drum." I'm yeah. Like, that's not what I. That's definitely not what Metallica has. <laughs> right. This is a different thing, and it's not as cool or fun. Yeah. So it was it was tricky though then for me because. So I'd always been playing, and I don't remember ever not playing. Um, and then I think in like fifth grade was when like band starts at school. Mm-hmm. So since my parents knew I was interested in it, you know, they're like, "You should probably do that." Um, but I think I literally did it for one day <laughs> because it was that thing of of yeah. Then it's just snare drum, and you're just going tip bap tip bap. And that's it. And it was so boring to me mm-hmm. that I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't. And I, I weirdly came back to it in high school because uh, like my weirdly my best friend in high school ended up being the guy who I then played in a bunch of bands who played bass in Motion City with me then. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I we became really good friends and he was in the school band. And um, and then he started coming over to my house, and we would we would play. And he knew I played drums, and he was like, "You should you should come, just start playing in band too." But I didn't know how to read music or anything, and I'd never taken any formal lessons. So I started then in high school, learning how to read music and everything. And then in my junior year of high school, rejoined school band, and then it kind of like took over from there. Mm. Well, so. but by then they'd caught up with you also. Exactly. They Finally. <laughs> <laughs> they'd moved on from, what do you start with, the, the Star Spangled Banner? <laughs> I, I know you end up with the Mission Impossible theme. That's definitely where all school bands go to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so, and this the song was Ben Folds 5. Yes. Not just Ben Folds. Right. The precursor, right, to solo Benfolds. Yeah, which sounds a lot the same to me. Yeah, it's pretty similar. I think it, as he's gotten a little older, it's it's kind of um, 
it's changed a little more, I think. It's gotten a little... I don't want to say mellow, but mellower. <laughs> wow, because um, it started pretty mellow. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I that is uh, one of another one of my favorite bands, and I used to go see them in the in the nineties a bunch, and uh, and I just loved that band so much. Yeah. Um, just like amazing musicians, such a fun show, and like even though they were like just three music nerds, like that was a piano, you know, no guitar. They ha- weirdly had this kind of like punk vibe to them in a way, mm-hmm. um, like a DIY sort of thing. Sort of. I mean, I never saw them super early on uh, when they were playing like really small clubs. But I mean, first of all, it blows my mind that I've, I've read that they used to tour with an upright piano, what? which is crazy. <laughs> Why? Just have a writer where you gotta rent us an upright piano everywhere. I did that with short form improv, which for sure people were paying nothing for that. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, but um, but they just you know, uh, so they were these music nerds playing these like punk clubs and mm-hmm. just like they just had like an energy to them and like you know he beats the shit out of his piano like mm-hmm. he really plays hard and he like he sits on a drum throne not a piano bench mm-hmm. and he's all like throws the throne into the piano and so it was just like it, it is such like beautiful chaos in a way like really musical but then just like so much fun and chaotic at the same time yeah yeah sort of makes you feel like well why not yeah i shouldn't like i mean it's it's music it's super vulnerable and honest yeah be yourself right beat some shit up because it's it's it is such a i feel like can be a rare thing of, of finding a band that everybody plays really well but then they're also just having fun and also like not taking it too seriously though and and mm-hmm. just you know whatever i don't know <laughs> i like that yeah i i, I just always like that era of uh benfolds five i always think about seeing like teenagers swaying and just emotionally sing um brick as though it's like the, their song of the summer um <laughs> like yeah we're gonna be together forever class of whatever year that was like that's a song about a do uh-huh. any of you listen to the lyrics at all, like even just a couple of them it's pretty clear nope okay i guess there's a lot of non-lyric people out there yeah. <laughs> as you as you said yeah it, it, it is a bummer in a way that that's like the song that they're known for because it's it it's yeah it's 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 like the biggest bummer of all their songs and it's a lot more, I mean, they do have a, a good amount of mellow songs, but they're oh, yeah. also really fun a lot of the time, yeah, yeah, too. And like, yeah. that song, Super, The Underground, is, is so much fun. Yeah, I like a lot of their songs. I yeah. just always thought that it was funny that people just did not yeah. care to notice what the song was about. Because <laughs> it sounds so like, yay, yeah. but it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a fun tension for a song to have. <laughs> uh, my next song, again, Staying Cool in the Touring Van, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Nice. All right. Window roll down for this. Oh, yeah, totally. See, again, I have the wrong mindset. (laughs) So, yeah, this was was their first single Mm -hmm. in 2004. It was on Hot Bus. Yep. Um, Uh, I remember being on tour with Motion City and uh, our booking agent gave us a CD one day when we were in LA. He's like, check this band out. And I don't think he was work. I don't remember if they were possibly going to work together or if he was working with them at the time. And it was basically uh, like five songs of demos of the killers. And that song was on there. And uh, I remember we started listening to it a ton and then like, I don't know, six months later or something, it got enormous. Did it, um, was there a lot, does it, did it sound a lot like what it, what the yeah, it was, it was very similar. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much difference at all. I think there was, there was like another song that ended up not being on the record. I think that was the main difference, but everything else sounded pretty similar. Yeah. 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 I remember we would have people who like would get bootlegs of stuff and, and throw them around and pass them on and then it got released and was like oh this sounds completely different yeah. this is a whole different vibe to it wow uh, that's that's the music industry <laughs> it was a real learning experience for me <laughs> um, the, and about just production in general Oops, um, that, how much that can change 
something. Yeah, it, uh, that is that is a tough thing of getting. We always would refer to it as demoitis of like you demo these songs and and you you'll get like you record a demo of it and then you just get so used to how that is and then when it comes time to record the real thing where even if even if you end up not changing anything like structurally about the song or anything you go in the studio and you're like all right now we're gonna like do the real version and then you do it and sometimes it's just like I don't know why this like the demo's better I don't know why and it's it's such a frustrating thing like we had songs that we did that were like we reworked songs for like three different records because it just like it wasn't and then at some point are you like trying to make different choices just for the sake of doing something different and it's like yeah. why yeah because you're yeah. like there, it seems like there's something to More? this song that's that should be good but it's just not working anymore and yeah it's a it's a weird thing yeah i remember um seeing some little i don't know documentary or something about i think it was like a virgin and the that Madonna recorded exactly the the songwriting demo, like all the w- weird little like yips and uh-huh. stuff were all exactly as they were in the demo. Yeah, um, which is again, it feels like oh, that there's so much personality in there, but mm-hmm. that wasn't your personality. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Music industry. Want to do your next song? Sure. Uh, my next song is uh, Elvis Costello. Welcome to the Working Week. Yeah. Such a perfect album opener, too. Yeah. Because it's like, I think this song's like a minute and a half long or something, too. Yeah. It's so short. And it's a lot just, of these on this playlist are pretty short. There's yeah. a couple of longies, but a, it, it clicks. Yeah. Um, are you a big Elvis Costello guy? Uh, I am, I'll go moderate. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't like get super nerdy about his whole catalog, but especially those like first three records in particular, like I really get into it. This, this one in particular. Um yeah, and he's someone that I kind of came to appreciate a little more as I got older. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when I was younger, I just heard the name a lot, but didn't really know a lot about him. And then, you know, I remember then seeing him, like, who's this nerd? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I, f- I feel like it was um, on, I forget what year that would have been, but one of the big uh, SNL, like, anniversary show years where they did the big special and they showed that famous clip of you know no mm-hmm. reason for us to play the song right now mm-hmm, and, so, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking that was really cool and then they, when they started playing Radio Radio I was like that song's really cool too and I, I remember even having like a thought I'm like I like that stupid thing that you get I think when you start uh, um, playing in punk bands or whatever too the, the punk rock guilt and mm-hmm. I remember not knowing enough about him and I was like wait am I, am I supposed to like this like mm-hmm. what and being apprehensive to like it and then finally just went like, what a, who ca- I like it why, why does why do I care if I'm supposed to like it but then it turns out I am supposed to like it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so you've been doing uh, you we were talking before we started about uh, your conflicted relationship with being on the road yeah you you miss it but you're but you loathe it what? is that fair <laughs> yeah uh, man yeah it's complicated because like I said in in um so in 2013, I decided to leave Motion City Soundtrack, um, and that was after 11 years of constant touring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. Like, no regrets at all. Like, it took my life so many places that I never imagined, so many places that I never would have been mm-hmm. otherwise, um, so many great memories, but it really just wore me down after a while. Um and it really started affecting me, like um, just really started dealing with depression and things like that. Um, so it just hit a point where it's like, I think I have to stop. And I really didn't know what was next. Um, and got to now five years later, still don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I dealt with that for like three years. And then in 2016, um, the band decided to break up. And they were going to do a farewell tour. So I actually came back for the farewell tour, um, which that was actually an easy decision for me because I felt like 
I played on every record except for the newest one that they had put out after I left, and it just seemed to make sense to me to come back for it. Um, and so going back then was it was a great thing. It also gave me some reminders of like why I stopped, but it also was a reminder of why I ever did it, you mm-hmm. know. And um, it so it was great to do, and it kind of was some like closure in a way. Um, and but then I will say that now that it's done I do for the first time kind of find myself missing it Mm -hmm. Um, and also as of like very recently I've really realized how important drums actually are for me Mm -hmm. um, from just a mental health standpoint Mm -hmm. Uh, it feels weird to say and like I really for a long time like didn't really believe that I'm like it can't really make that big of a difference but I just recently got a space because I, I, you know, my wife and I live in an apartment. I can't really have drums in our place because the people upstairs would not like that much. (laughs) Uh, So I have a space now with drums and like literally within like just the first day of going and playing for a while, I just like came home like in the best mood that I had been in, in a long time. And like, and every day that I go and play, like I, just feel good and like i've quickly noted like if there's a day that i don't play like i'm kind of in a shitty mood mm-hmm. and i'm like wow it really it really does make that big of a difference for me there's yeah. i guess there really is something to be said about just beating the shit out of something sometimes i mean i think there's a lot of different things uh that that, that includes like yes being physical beating the shit out of stuff being musical, I, I fundamentally think that human beings are like like making music is part of what we do and need to do. That's, yeah, it, it every culture does it. Mm-hmm. That's it's not because they were telling each other about it. It's because like what's what we need to, to do. Yeah, and the vibrations of it are like good for us. Um, but you you know yeah you're you're away from so many things and people that you love and mm-hmm. you miss so much stuff. Like you know there are so many friends weddings i had to miss and birthdays and family things and you know yeah you it's while you get to do a lot of cool fun stuff you have to miss a lot of that stuff as well yeah uh, yeah um it once yeah i remember feeling once i got to a certain point like every time i'm saying yes to something i'm saying no to a bunch of other Mm -hmm. things too and that's that's difficult um and i think you don't realize that when you're trying to when you're when you're just running after things yeah that at a certain point oh you're going to be shutting things out too mm-hmm. um but yeah um and so now you're you've been making sure that drumming is like a part of your daily practice i'm really trying to it's it's you know some days it's hard to be able to squeeze it in but i'm i'm really trying to because yeah every day I'm, I'm realizing more and more like wow this really does make a huge difference for me and um yeah it's just i i, I really this like I don't even want to say this out loud, but it really has like maybe I was like, oh, okay. I guess I really do love the drums. <laughs> like, yeah. I kind of like I didn't completely shut them out, but like there was when I first stopped touring, I was kind of just like not very interested for a while. Well, yeah. Well, I, f- I feel like creativity goes in cycles. Like there, a lot of us have things that are like I don't do that anymore, and then mm-hmm. a few uh, some time passes, and you're like, well, I don't feel right because I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, like I have definitely moved away from music and then moved back to music and, you know, Mm -hmm. my, my relationship with music and comedy kind of ebbs and flows with one to the other. Um, but, and I just dabbled in drumming, but I definitely got to points where I would realize like, oh, I need to go play drums. And especially in New York, that was really easy. You could just go and like get a little rehearsal space. That's Mm -hmm. basically the size of a drum kit and put on some headphones and play drums by myself for a while and be like, okay, I feel better. Mm-hmm. is there's like I mean there's even just a rhythm giving you a consistency for like two minutes is like oh, okay all right I yeah. know where I am in the universe mm-hmm. um, it's weirdly fundamental I think yeah so I think that's very good self-care you have discovered <laughs> it really yeah I mean it really because I I have done try or tried so many things the last several years to like all right how do I get in a better space like therapy and medication and and meditation and all these things and just like some things help but like yeah and i even got to like a a better spot for a while but then you know the depression stuff starts creeping back in and then 
Um, yeah. So this like so far, hopefully it lasts. Yeah. Like that, it's really making a big difference. Yeah, I firmly believe in the concept of mental hygiene. Yeah. As far as just like little things that maybe sometimes you don't even feel like doing, but you know you should. Mm-hmm. And if you just make a practice of them. It, it, it helps a lot because yeah. I think a lot of people are looking for lightning bolts to fix yeah. those things, like a big thing that just or to want to do something different. And sometimes you have to do something different, even if you don't want to, mm-hmm. even if you're like, I would rather sit on the couch, but you should go outside. Yeah. Or I would rather just listen to a podcast, but you should call a friend. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I'm uh, very guilty of those things. Yeah. 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 Well, they're easy and, and it's hard to tell, like, what is comforting me? in a good way and what is comforting me in a way that continues to isolate me. Um, anyway, back to <laughs> staying cool in a tour van. <laughs> um, my next pick is Master Blaster by Stevie Wonder. This feels like a summer, like on the nose kind of choice. I mean, it's from Hotter Than July. That's the record? Yeah. I'm not, like, super knowledgeable on Stevie Wonder. Like, I'm trying to actually see, like, do I know this song? There's a lot to, I yeah. mean, you have to, you have to really get it to him to know everything. Um, so this is clearly very influenced by Bob Marley, who they were touring with, Bob Marley was, like, and the Whalers were the opener, I think, pretty sure. Um, and we can keep it going until they sing. <laughs> Okay, it's a long intro. It's another long intro. Aristotle's that seems like, to be the theme um, today. I, yeah, long intros, short songs. Mm-hmm. Which in a lot of ways, that's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> the intro is the best part. <laughs> intro, bridge. There we go. Hey. There you go. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of these songs are like, yeah, we're on the road, woo, and it's, and it's cool and whatever. And then some of them are like, all right, it, we're in hour three of a six-hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all just relax, and nobody wants to talk to each other, and we'll just stare out the window and drink our own sodas. Um, and this is that kind of feeling for me. Yeah. the uh, Yeah, Stevie Wonder's a, a, like kind of, I guess, somewhat similar to the Elvis Costello thing we were talking about, where, yeah, there's there's such a large catalog, and I, I like a lot of what I've heard, but I've just never delved too deep into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is one of those things that, yeah, you just like constantly put off like, yeah, someday I need to like actually spend some time with that record and then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I feel like with Elvis Costello, there are songs that you can hear many times and then one day be like, oh shit, that's Elvis Costello. Mm -hmm. That's whose song that is. But I feel like with Stevie Wonder, you can't. It, yeah. it, clearly, that's a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah. This one, actually, I'm, as I was saying, I'm like, except for this song that you just chose. <laughs> this one is so Bob Marley influenced. It, it may, it it may uh, fly under the radar. But it's still it's still got the like keyboard. It's pretty mm-hmm. keyboard heavy, and, as yeah. opposed to like the guitar doing the like reggae thing. That's and, true. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh-huh. I yeah. got you. I yeah. Got you. And he does a lot of cool orchestrations and yeah. you know, the horns in there. I believe this was the oh, maybe not the same album. No. One of, I, I also considered putting on Sir Duke, but I was like, you love that song. That's not right for song. this. Yeah. You just love it. Save it for something else. <laughs> um, but so I, I love his horn stuff also. Yeah, it's great. And he also, he uh, he has a rare thing for me that for people to pull off that he pulled off, I think, where his cover is better than the original of a Beatles song. Like his We Can Work It Out cover. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's rare that people do a Beatles song better than they did. And that's one of them, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, he has a few, a few covers that he's, that I feel like it's an honor if mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder sings your song. Yeah. You must have written a good song. Uh-huh. Although it'd be really cool if he started dunking on people by picking bad songs and being like, check out what I can do with this piece of shit you wrote. Right. It was a dumb song. Stevie Wonder just made it sound cool. That would, I think he could do that. That would be a fun uh, album for someone to do. Uh, yeah. I think he should, I think he should start dunking on people. Yeah. I would like, it would be, it would be fun to, to have like a credible musician to just take a bunch of terrible songs and try to make them good. Yeah, um, I've always wanted to take songs a by dudes and b that I feel are really dated mm-hmm. and redo those because I I think there's a lot of songs that production makes them sound unattractive to people yeah. 
And they're like, oh, that sounds goofy. Totally. I'm like, but there's a good song in there. Yeah. You do. There's so much, especially with lyrics, because I am kind of a lyric person. I like uh-huh. I like lyric and melody, but there's a lot of songs that I'm like, people are missing out on what's happening in here. Oh yeah, no, there's definitely bands that I uh, feel, especially like a lot of like older punk bands. Like I'll I'll like have a hard time listening to some of their old records because I just hate the way it sounds. Right, because they just yell at you what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Because like like the Descendants is a, one mm-hmm. of those bands for me. Like I really like the Descendants, but some of those early records, like I just I have a hard time. I I can recognize there's a cool song in there, but I just like the production of yeah. it is just leaves something to be desired Did, for me. Um, do you know your next song? Sure, my next song. Speaking sorry. of punk music, what <laughs> I lost my I lost my spot here. Where is it? Uh, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> As punk as it gets, <laughs> a little Huey Lewis in the news, yeah. if this is it. All right. I mean, this is a day at the beach. Yeah, I literally with the, the video. In the music video, yes. yes. <laughs> That's, I think that's why so much of it came to my mind, was I thought of the video. And... Uh, but at the same time, it does have a memory of being on tour uh, in the summertime for me. Because, again, with my old band, I can remember uh, throwing on sports in the van. And it kind of just, like, putting me in a, in a good mood. And, mm-hmm. uh, and even, like, everybody else kind of, too. Because uh, also back to the uh, kind of punk rock guilt thing, mm-hmm. I remember for a long time, uh, like, throughout the 90s and stuff, you know, uh, Huey Lewis was a little past his his heyday, but I still like deep down really enjoyed it. It's so good, yeah. And I Sports felt, is such a great. It really album. is. They're an amazing band, yeah. and I felt like I couldn't admit it to people for mm-hmm. a long time that I still liked it and thought it was good. And I can I even have memories of like being in high school. And playing drums like up in my bedroom, like along to sports and four and all that, and like having like these ridiculous thoughts of what if like uh, one of the neighbor kids that goes to school like happens to hear me playing this? It's like things that would never Wait, happen, and even was it it would it would embarrass you? Yeah, or, like, okay. I, like I felt like because mine were like, what if they saw me dancing to this and are like. You're amazing. We're in a dance group now. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was not the way. I never show anybody on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I, I, you know, that would be so embarrassing if they knew I was playing along to, if this is it or whatever. And uh, but then uh, I I remember then yeah around the time when I started touring, I I think like I had a conversation with someone where we just kind of like both at the same time kind of admitted to each other like those are great records, and then. It was like it was just like a moment for me. It was like okay, I don't care. Like if I'm not the only one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really did help me, and I've just like since then like fully embraced it. I'm like yeah, I think they were an incredible band, like amazing musicians that wrote killer pop songs, and like that is still a thing. Like some late nights, I'm bored at home. I will get on YouTube and watch like live clips of them playing. They sound incredible, like perfect. Sounds wow. like the record. Yeah, they are. This is one where. I if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm feeling sad, I play some Huey Lewis in the news because mm-hmm. I really I, I feel like it's super reliable. Yeah. Um, I realized sometime last year when I would wake up every day and look at either uh, turn on the news or or look at Twitter for my news. Uh-huh. I was waking up every day and being like, "Oh God, everything is so awful. I'm so dead. Oh God," and. Uh, I realized I had to just to wake up and listen to music instead. Like uh-huh. the sooner I play music, the sooner I'm happy or the the better I, my day starts off. And Huey Lewis is almost always on that uh, that that list. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, things are going to be okay. All right, now yeah. I can read what's happening with the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I because it is a little balanced for me. Yeah. Again, it's a little bit of that 80s thing we were talking about earlier where it's just yeah. like there's something about a lot of that music that it just, yeah, it just puts you in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Well, uh, I felt like I had to respond to your um, "If This Is It" with my next song. All right. Um, which is Kenny Loggins' "This Is It." <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
he's very summery to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again, wind through the hair. <laughs> maybe maybe you stopped off in the uh, the the van. Go walk out walk along a pier. Be by some sea breeze. Yeah. Grab a soft serve. You get back in the van. Keep going. Always <laughs> Um, I don't know if I know this song either. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, let's, let's let it play through to the chorus then. Um, this is 70s, I assume? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I feel the same way about him, about Kenny Loggins. That I'm like, they're bangers and they just, they rock and they make you put you in a good mood every time. Yeah. Well, and he was the king of soundtracks there for a while. Part right yeah. there. Stand up and fight. Oh, and this is the chorus. This is it. Make no mistake where you are. Highway driving. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and it's all like, this is it. This is the the moment. You're this is your life. Yeah. It's not it's not a rehearsal. <laughs> You're in it. This moment right now. Um yeah, he uh I I, I love Kenny Loggins. Um this was a song that, yeah, I was playing the other day and someone was like, who is this? Actually, one of the musicians that I work with, one of my accompanists, uh, Sam Janatis. Should I not say that? I don't think this is bad. Um, <laughs> I was like, he was like, who is this? And I was like, Kenny Loggins. He was like, well, I don't know any of his stuff. And I was like, you don't know any Kenny Loggins stuff? How? He, he knows How? some, but he just doesn't well, know that's that the he thing, knows And it. I say that a lot and I hate, I'm trying to say that less because yeah. I feel like I've, I've become annoying with like, oh, wait, you'll know, you'll know. Yeah, but come on. Who, but in this case, like, who's, Danger who's, Zone? Who's, Footloose? Yeah. Who does, who's never heard Footloose? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. free, haven't helped the man. <laughs> um, house at Pooh Corner? No. Um, <laughs> the Caddy Shack one? Whatever. Yeah. I'm all right? Is that what it's called? Uh, yep. Yeah. Right. Don't nobody worry about me. <laughs> um, uh, whenever I see you, friend, the duet one. Whenever. Sunshine on a Saturday night. I love it. Um, <laughs> this song, though, is one that I play a lot while I'm driving and just rock out to too hard. Uh-huh. Like, especially that, I can wait for your time, your miracle. <laughs> um, and it's one that when I was younger, like that, I've mentioned this before, when I was younger and I would be rocking out in the car, I would get embarrassed with people yeah. seeing me. And now my feeling is, you got a show. You're welcome. <laughs> this is a delightful thing for you to see on your daily commute. Even if you're going to go make fun of me to people, that's still fun. And they got it for free. They got it for free. Yeah. You normally charged delight. for people exactly. to see you perform. <laughs> and so. laugh at me. <laughs> There's like a little bit of delight. Because why not? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, we're all supposed to be like grown-ups in our cars and our suits. <laughs> it's like, you just want to be singing along to some Kenny Loggins. That's, yeah. all, you, that's all we really Nothing want. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. So, that, that's, that was my next pick. Right. You got a... You got one more. I, I do. I But now I wish that I could have like kept this going, and I really mm-hmm. wish that my choice was, is this it, by the strokes? <laughs> but but that is not my choice. Uh, my last one is uh, a song called Just a Simple Plan by Piebald. Mm. You got a perfect view, but you don't care. Have you ever seen the things that go on outside? You got a door to your apartment, so you can stay. familiar with Piebald. I'm not. They, uh, again, another band that has gotten back together. Uh, but, uh, I really love this band, particularly this record. I, I do, and again, I don't mean this as a slam on their other records, but I've talked about this with a friend of mine of it's, it's like they sold their souls to the devil for this one record. Cause it's just like miles beyond their other records, I think. Mm-hmm. And this is another one of those things, like, and this song in particular, like, just makes me really happy. And um, I uh, was listening to this a lot in kind of the early days of of touring with Motion City. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I remember them playing a few dates on some Warp tours that we played. And I would love, I would go watch them any day that I could. And it was always just so much fun. And then um, 
a couple times in the last couple of years they've they've come and because they don't play very much they just kind of will like get together do like a short run and then that's it because they're they're all old old guys now mm-hmm. um i say i'm like the same age as them <laughs> but uh and uh yeah and in going to see them the two times that I've seen them the last couple of years, like it's made me, I had not felt like that at a show in so long. Like I felt like I was like 18 again, like yeah. even though I wasn't even 18 when that came out, I was older than that, but it was just like, you know, that feel like how much fun shows are when you're a teenager or early twenties or whatever. And it's just like, cause like, you know, like that was what I did all the time. Like when I, lived in richmond at that time like i was where it you shows playing? where you play in richmond yeah uh we used to play twisters a ton yeah we were still twisters yeah yeah and then alley cats sure 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 uh-huh, uh uh-huh. hole in the wall every now okay, and then okay yeah you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i went to band i went to shows all those places yeah and there was a um Oh, was it called, there was one place that was called the Metro for a while and they changed it to something yeah else. the Metro kind of was uh I think it's a pizza place now or something. Yeah, I think it, it the Metro kind of like closed like right around the time I started going to a lot more shows. Uh-huh. So I never experienced the Metro. But also the Flood Zone. Flood Zone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, the Ramones there. I saw, oh, wow. Yeah. I saw um, Tribe Called Quest, uh, De La Soul. Um, I saw Ben Folds 5 there. Oh, yeah. nice. I also saw, ready saw for this morphine one? morphine there. Morphine, mm-hmm. wow! Yeah, you know who I saw? Who else I saw there? Uh-huh. Oh wait, no, I'm I'm wrong. I saw him at the nine thirty club, but I'll just say it now, okay. anyways. Live. Wow! <laughs> wow! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Were you a, you a big live fan? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, back in the day, I was. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I was thinking it was the flood zone, and so, but hey. I, I had this. I had to stick to it. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to tons of shows at the flood zone. It was pretty close to my house, mm-hmm. um, so. It was an easy one for me to sneak out and yeah. go there um, when I was in, in high school and was not allowed to be doing that. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It was such a sad thing at, at when, you know, how 18 or 19, however old I was when that went away. Mm-hmm. And is it still a have a nice day cafe? Uh, n- I know it, it was for a while. No. Yeah. I think the signs are still up for that, but I think it's just like a rental space now. Like oh, a, really? Like a, you can use it as a venue. Uh-huh. I think people use it as like maybe staging for other stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, that's too bad. That whole neighborhood, every now and then it'll be like really kicking stuff happening and then it's just like a wasteland again. Yeah. Um I was I was sad that I couldn't get any avail on this soundtrack. Mm. Um but it, I would have put on something from Satiate and I can't find it anywhere. Do you know that album? I don't. I was it and this is almost blasphemy to say as as a person Not a that big lived in, Yeah, I never I just mm-hmm. never it's not that I dislike them. I just never really got into it too much. Yeah. I mean, for me, they were just like the hub of a wheel that like yeah. every Richmond band had some connection back to uh-huh. Avail yeah. um, when I was in, in high school. So, mm-hmm. um, Were there other Richmond bands you were into? The time? I, this is not going to be interesting for anyone. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Except there was for a me. Band, there was a band called Inquisition. Yeah, I remember them. You remember Inquisition? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Thomas is now the, or after that went on to being the lead singer for Strike Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Strike Anywhere was either one of their albums or one of their songs. Um, and the guitarist, um, Mark Avery, is now a stylist here in, um, in L.A. He styles Ryan Gosling. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Strange lives we all lead. <laughs> yeah. we move on from this to the other to the other. Um, and, yeah, there were a bunch of other little bands that I would be like, yeah, sure. Um, Action Patrol. I remember that name. Do you remember um, Lazy Kane? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was really yeah, into those guys. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and oh, there was another one. Not it's not tilt, but it's something like that, um, like twist or oh, I can't remember mm. what it was. Anyway, um, yeah, it had a good good little scene. I mean, it yeah. was all dudes, but <laughs> yeah, at that age, I was also interested in them. While I had hormones that were like, you got to go to these shows. There's going to be boys there. Right. But now in hindsight, I'm like, there could have been some girls singing too. Yeah, or playing playing instruments. Yeah, wow, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I knew any girls that were playing in bands in that time. I, I mean, don't know if I did. I mean, there were there were some, but it wasn't. They weren't like making the the splash that the dudes were. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, we do. Speaking of all these bands, uh, we do have a um a bonus track on this uh this playlist. All right. Um, that I feel like would be like a good touring summer fan song. It's um 
Everything is All Right by Motion City Soundtrack. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, I feel like windows down in the van. It, I, it fits in. It's a, it's a bonus, so, you know, we could take it off. And, but, oh. oh, listen to that. Come on. It's almost like the whole playlist uh, is built for it. <laughs> There's no air drumming for me on this one. Just the real DL baby. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> it's great. Like, it's... I'm, I'm going to not geek out on the drumming, oh, but it's real cool. Wow. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Yeah, very, very, very summery for me, because I, I, that came out in... Uh, I still, re- I, I have a weird memory for dates, and I remember that came out, I'm 99% sure it was June 7th, 2005. Wow. And then we did a ton, of, I mean, we were on a ton of warp tours over the years, but that was a, that was a very big summer for us, because that was our second record, and uh, that, um, it started doing fairly well, and throughout the, from the beginning, beginning of that warp tour to the end. Our crowds were definitely like growing a little bit every day, and um, and that uh, yeah, it was it was just such a like memorable, fun summer watching that happen and kind of being it just like kind of blown away by like wait, all these people are coming to watch us because yeah. you know Warped Tour would be a weird thing where like you might get a good crowd, but it's sometimes just people passing by. But this was like people starting to like sing along and mm-hmm. and so it's like oh they actually are here for us like it's pretty pretty cool and then at the end of that summer we uh i think like right after warp tour then we went straight to new york to play on uh, that song on conan very cool and yeah that was like that was that was one of the few times in my life that i can remember when we got the phone call that we were going to do that that is one of the times in my life that I cried of happiness. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that that's huge. Yeah, and I was I like I've always been kind of a comedy nerd as well, and so like I you know Perfect was show. like yeah obsessed with Conan. So like that was that was uh, yeah that was the one I wanted to play. Never got to play Letterman. I was a huge Letterman kid growing up too. So that was that's like my that's almost my uh, biggest regret is that yeah. I never got to do. But it's not like the that's show that got my away. fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm allowed to keep it on the playlist. I'll allow it. Okay. For right. just strictly for the residuals, I'll get off of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, big time. Yeah, Spotify is great for musicians, uh-huh. right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of them. You know, I'm trying to have an optimistic attitude about. Spotify and those things because mm-hmm. they I, and I'm sure this is well it's flawed thinking but my 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 way of trying to look at optimistically is that you know when people buy the record they just buy it the one time but mm-hmm. if they're listening on Spotify it's like over and over and over yeah yeah so that's, that's how a, I'm choosing to look at that's it. a good way of looking at it thank you I also hope that um, I feel like the money for musicians has always been in live shows. Yeah. So I hope that making music more accessible to people makes them excited to see them play live. Now, if it doesn't, then that's a problem. But um, what I'm saying is go see live shows. Mm-hmm. People listening. And I went to live shows in the 90s by driving up to the 930 Club to see live. Ah, I'm sorry. Oh, so perfect. I'm so sorry. perfect. <laughs> ah, I love it. Um, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I feel like we made a good playlist. Um, I hope so. Like I, I said, I felt, I, felt, I felt like I was looking at it the wrong way. I didn't know. I was like, I'm going to be a failure at this. Not at all. I think this is great. People are going <laughs> to jam down the road on this. Yes. Um, so let us know if you listen to this playlist while you're uh, while you're driving long distances, or especially if you're in a van, especially a tour van, um, because I do think it's an effective playlist, and I want to prove that to Tony. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, Tony Thax uh, at Tony Thaxton. Uh, TonyThaxton.com has all the nonsense that I do uh, with podcasting and music and all that stuff. Um, and I uh, I play. Multiple things. Like I said, I play in a band with my wife called Tiny Stills um, and just random other live shows here and there around town that I'll do. And uh, I've been playing with Don't Stop or We'll Die these days as well. Cool. 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com, and you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about, and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess and the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.